The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Hey up, uh, welcome back to the Roaring Peacock. It's a Leeds United podcast and this is one of those episodes where I doubt many of you will be watching so we can say what we want. Way. <laughs> this is the match review for Scum 5, uh, Leeds United 1. Uh, my name is Adonis and I'm from the Adelites, which you can you can check me out on Twitter if you so choose and uh, joining us today to discuss uh, a rather forgettable game is uh barney what's your uh what's your tag you changed it didn't it is it barney lufc 21 that's the one yep there we go how are you bands you yeah right? I, I think i'm all right the day after the result i think yeah. it's probably best to talk about the result the day after and think about it properly rather than losing your head over it Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's always emotional, isn't it, when you lose, um, even more so when it's the first game of the season because you've been so excited over the summer waiting for it, and even more so against um, the scum. Um, so, yeah, totally understandable that there were some emotional meltdowns. How did you recover from it? I didn't lose my head straight away, like mm. like the 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 masses of people would, would did on Twitter. I think you need to put it in perspective. Uh, it's first game of the season. If this was during the course of the season and with the transfer window was shut, I'd probably be panicking a little bit. But the fact that it's first game of the season, and I think again the emotions got to the players, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, we said it, I said it on Wednesday. Um, it's a bit worrying when you play these games at the start of the season because um, defensive astuteness and solidity in organisation takes time, and especially in the system that we play, because Bielsa, he's never going to put four or five at the back and sit in and park the bus. We're never, ever going to do that. Bielsa's not going to do that. There's always going to be a chance that we could lose by a large margin. Um, we we did it at um, Palace. We did it against Leicester last year and Scum as well. There was always going to be this chance. And, you know, when if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And if you wouldn't be Elsa, then I think this comes part and parcel with it. Does it not? Definitely, yeah, it does, and I, we're not we're not the whipping boys of the league. Let's put that, let's mm. say that for a start. We're not going to be seeing those sort of scores week in week weekend out. Not at all. Again, yeah, we need to question. We do. We can question Bielsa's sometimes with his tactics, especially when at Old Trafford last season it was very much the same yesterday as well, where. They were just going through us like like uh, a knife through a butter. It was far too easy in places. I think we we rely far too much on Phillips, and if Phillips isn't playing, we we seem to struggle as a team. And also, supporters seem to think, "Hang on a minute, wh- wh- where's Phillips going to play? What, what if Phillips isn't playing? What's going to happen?" 
So mm. I think we need to understand that we can't just rely on Calvin Phillips all the time. I, I understood the argument a little bit saying, well, Maguire's come back and he's straight into the team, but he didn't he didn't partake in the group stages in England, England in the Euros as much. And also we need to understand that our pre-season and training techniques are probably a hell of a lot different to how, how Man United trained during pre-season as well. So I think we need to put that into some sort of context as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's all always going to be up to Marcella and we we put our faith in in Marcella and we're all happy that he's there we're all happy that we we have a go at these big teams and it's always it's always going to be like that because you can get caught on the transition so easily because we've got we've got a certain formation when we attack which is as many bodies up front as possible, basically seven seven attackers at any one point. When you lose the ball in transition, then you've got to get back in, in position and, and against some of these teams, especially against Man United players who was, have been set up for the counter-attack, not just against us, but to play against the best teams in the world. Yeah. And I, I do think that there's a huge, huge gap between mid-table and um, the top six or the top four. And, and and especially, you can just see it over the transfer business over the summer. I mean, they, they, they already had like a maturing, really good team and they've been on an upward trend for the last few yeah. seasons, um, despite their sort of ugly gargoyle of a manager. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then they bring in Sancho and whatever. So, you know, I, I think... You can't, you know, Pogba on his day is one of the best players in the world. Um, it, it does work. You know, it, it, there was a lot of um, criticism of Koch and Dallas and Rodrigo in midfield. The thing is, against a lot of teams in the Premier League, those players will perform very well. And on their day, they're all world-class players in their own right. Mm. Um, but, you know, it wasn't our day. It wasn't their day. And Pogba and Fernandez they were really on top form. I must admit, I hate to say it, but Man United played really well yesterday. Really well. They were they were they were at it straight away. They they pressed higher than the, the used we were used to seeing with the Man United team. They actually passed the ball really well. Pogba, I must admit, I'm probably going to get shot down for this, but I just don't rate him. I don't understand what he does as a player. But yesterday. Some of the touches he had was absolutely fantastic. Bruno Fernandes was just out of this world, you've got to say. And there's certain other players like Luke Shaw. I never understood, never really liked him as a player, but when he played for England, you could see what he what he was as a mm. as a fullback. And he, he was start, he did a few of those moves yesterday for Scum as well. So I, I don't we, I don't want to be saying that we're the small team and we should we we should be expecting to get beat like this. But like you say, we we play a style. We will we will get hit sometimes, and that's the way it is. But the thing is, though, we know that if we lose like that, it won't happen again because those players will learn from it, and Bielsa will learn from it as well. Because at the end of the day, Bielsa is going to be learning this season again from how we should be playing against certain teams. For saying that we should be playing a different plan B, again, we're never going to see that under Bielsa and we're always going to be at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just never going to happen, is it? 
No. I, I do remember that. Didn't we play 4-4-2 against Burnley last season? I mean, I think it happened what it's happened once, so it certainly looked like that. Mm. Um, but apart from that, I can't really remember a change of formation, certainly not a change of style. I remember towards the back end of last season, Lorente had come in. We'd looked very, we looked much more organized with, with Lorente and, and Phillips there. Um, and I think that that's a lot of people's arguments, isn't it, at the moment, is we need to bring in some uh, transfers. We need to bring in um, a midfielder and a striker and a winger. And I'm not, I'm not completely convinced because it's, it's such a double-edged sword, isn't it? Um, because you don't know whether uh, how well the player is going to fit in, how long they're going to need to get up to speed. Um, and, and I also think that, that Marcelo's system is, is based mainly on very, very quick passing and very quick transitions. And you need to have that like understanding between the players. And that only comes with, uh, with time, doesn't it? It does. And I think the fact that we spent so much money last summer, I think a lot of people are expecting we're going to be spending that money again this summer. But for me, I, I think for sure could be a little secret secret weapon for this season. The fact that he was on the on the bench yesterday says a lot to me. The fact that he's been out for so long. Bielsa doesn't rush a player straight onto the subs bench straight away. Mm. So it, it, I think it shows that maybe Forshaw is ready and if he needs to come on, he can come on. I don't think just getting a transfer all the time when we lose a game and think we need to look at the transfer policy we need to look at it in a different way. It's not just about getting players in because, like you say, th these players will come in, but it might take them three, four months. They might not even play in the first team. So it's not just about getting those players in straight away. And also, I think we a, a lot of people don't disrespect the under-23s, I'd say. It's the fact that, well, they're the under-23s, but as leads, we're, we have been used to like everyone said about Eddie Gray, play the kids. We're used to those kids coming through into the first team. We've never we've never questioned it before, so I don't understand why we're questioning it again and questioning yeah. it now. Yeah, totally. I mean, it doesn't always work. And um, we've had some great, great young players throughout the years. I mean, I remember Milner's first home game, for example, but you don't get a Milner every um, generation. Mm. Uh I do think that there, are def there definitely will be some opportunities for under-23s. And I agree with Vani. I just don't think that transfers are always the answer. I, you know, of course, you're gonna, if you're going to bring in Rodrigo de Paul or somebody of that quality, then of course they're going to improve the, the team. Mm. Um, but how well will they settle in with Yorkshire? And, you, you know, you, you saw great players in the past as well, like Samuel Saiz. You know, it didn't work out for him for whatever reason, possibly like just settling into the, the city as well. So, I mean, it, and, and a lot of the, the other thing is a lot of the accusations that were going around Twitter last night were aimed at, you know, somebody like Rodrigo, for example, he was a new signing. He's, he's, he's our most expensive signing ever. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and cock as well and new signing as well. And, and. And, Str and Strauch. So I just think that it just doesn't always work like that. Okay, just uh, uh, I'll get round to your comments. So uh, Nora says, uh, Barney, so good to see you again. 
Um, Samuel P. Steying. Uh, I'm just going to call you Sam from now on. Just don't get why he didn't uh, get Phillips on. We even saw him warming up at halftime, uh, but no subs until we're 5-1 down and the game's already gone. I think we brought on Furpo, didn't we, at mm, halftime? Yeah. Um, hey, up lads, it, says Dylan. It looked better when Furpo came on. We, we looked far more balanced. And the fact that when Dallas went into midfield, he was the one who supplied the goal for Aileen. So we looked... There was a bit more cohesion and a bit more, we looked a bit more stronger in midfield, you'd say. Even yeah, though we I let mean, two goals in straight up. Yeah, that's, that. where we, that's where we shipped all the goals. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd, I'd have to watch it again to like have some proper in depth analysis, but I'm um, not sure I want to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, Colin says, BLC is God MOT. Willie, do it. Greetings. Good to see you back in my kitchen table. Not the best game, eh? Um, bit of an understatement, Willie. Yes, not the best game. Um, Story 65, if we lose to Everton, what will be your thoughts then, lads? Mind you, KPE should be back. And Nora says, won't lose, we won't lose to Everton, basically. I think that, you know, part of um, the Bielsa reign has been um, the reaction, the reaction to losses. And, and I do feel like with a full house, um, it's going to be absolutely packed. We'll, there'll be tributes to all the um, former legends that we've lost. And, um, and, I, and I think that if we get that first goal, I think that would be very difficult for Everton to come back from that. Definitely. I mean, I don't know if the crowd was it went against the, the team yesterday where they might have been a little bit overawed by it. So hopefully it's not going to be like that, Ellen Roaders. If there's one misplaced pass and the crowd are like, oh, which you do get. It's not about booing the players. It's about sometimes you get the frustration. But for me, if after that defeat yesterday, it didn't feel like the end of the world. Hmm. If we'd lost a game in the championship, I'd be like, I wouldn't be able to. It'd take me a few days to get over it because it's so important to win every game in the championship. In the Premier League, first game of the season, it's it's a one-off. And like you say, we'll see a reaction. We've seen reaction. We saw reactions last season where the team just weren't on it against Brighton. The next game, with that back to the leads that we know. The, the, the most disappointing thing about yesterday, when we did go behind, and then we went behind again, it seemed like the players had frozen a little bit. They, they didn't trust their own abilities in certain places, and we... We we seem to be rushing, passing all the time, which we weren't. We're not used to. A lot of players just did not turn up to a certain extent. Some players froze. Some players, for me, Rodrigo is not a midfielder. Not the midfielder that we we should be used to in a Bielsa side. He's good going forward, but he's not very good at tracking back and the man-to-man -man marking. I mean, click. I mean, the only positive I can think of click was back to the click that we know of getting there into those little pockets of space, finding those little balls. That's the click that we're used to, is those little passes in triangles. Yep. On the ball, I thought click was was really good. Off the ball, maybe not so good. I think he lost his man a few times, but they all did. Mm. Um, I think Rafinha was a little bit the opposite in a way. I thought he was, I thought Rafi was very good off the ball. But a lot of missed passes. I know mm. that he was trying to make something happen. Um, 
bit, but yeah, I think that that put us in danger. That really killed us because on the transition, we looked so vulnerable. Um, but yeah, I think psychologically, it's always it's always difficult, isn't it? Um, getting that kind of momentum going, building that confidence, because I think you know we score that goal, and then we can see two immediately within mm. within three minutes. I think it was something like that. So um, that's always such a sucker punch you know, um, psychologically, it, and it just destroys all the momentum that he had. Um, so I, I think I, I, momentum is such a big thing in our game and confidence as well, because it requires those quick passing and that flow. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier as well. When, mm. um, when you talk about getting, knowing where the other players are at the moment, because without, without even thinking about it or without looking, because that flow is so important, that quick passing and quick movement, th that's what cre creates us so many chances. And mm. um, I, I didn't, I thought we saw patches of it in preseason um, and everybody said, oh, that's only preseason. I know it is, but they're not going out. They're not, they're not going onto that pitch to lose, whether it's preseason or not. Um, so I think just a few games and we'll start to build that momentum again. Um, few people in the chat then. Uh, the main reason we lost was because we crumbled after United put two passes. Thank you, Sam. That's exactly what I was saying. Um, until then, we were. it was a very even game. Yep, only good thing yesterday was the Ailing goal. Uh, we switched off after Ailing's goal, says um, Nora. Um, Dylan says, are we getting the GoPro out for the Everton game, Barney? <laughs> Barney I've told I'd to retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever that came from, I do not know. Honestly, <laughs> um, is there some kind of backstory to this, Barney, that you want to let everyone know? Well, no, it's just someone all of a sudden just said on Twitter that Barney goes to games with a GoPro on his head. <laughs> I don't even own one. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> how do you attract all of this? No business? idea. I, I because someone sent you a bit of. Grass, didn't they? Yeah, they said... that, that was good banter. That was Dave Rousen. That was good banter. But people thought I did it to, to get a few likes on Twitter. And I was like, "Why? I'm a nearly a 40-year-old bloke. Why would I do that? God, I've got better things to do. <laughs> I've got a mortgage to pay for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Willie says, uh, did full stadium of opposing supporters contribute to some of those mistakes? Quite and... possibly. I'd... I'd... To a certain degree, I'd agree with that. I mean, mm. let's not forget, that's the first time they've played in a full ground in the Premier League. And yeah, I know what the argument's going to be. It's the professional footballers. But the magnitude of that game playing against Scum as well, um, our main rivals, it will play on players' minds, that little one mistake, because they want to they be that hero. They want to be that, that player remembered for winning that goal at Old Trafford and then a song sung about them for years upon end after. So I, I do think it, it might take him a couple of games to just realise how it is, again, playing in front of 70,000 fans. Because some of those players probably have never played in front of 70,000, 80,000 fans in the first place. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's pure speculation because we can't talk to any of the players. I know that it's affected me when I've played in front of fans. It it definitely does have an effect, but you, eventually you get used to it. But mm. they've probably got used to playing in empty stadiums now. Yeah. Um, and 
like we were talking about before, it's, it only takes like a split second and you've lost your man and then he's gone, mm. you know? Um, and it, it can, it, it could be 70,000 people um, yelling and screaming at you that can just make you think, you know, just lose that split half mm. a second or whatever. And then, then he's gone. And that happened a few times. And I, I think, I think we were, I want to say we were, we were a little bit unlucky, I would say as well, conceding goals at, at, at crucial times, right when we got ourselves back into it. Um, and, and also that, you know, I don't hold much faith in XG, but they completely obliterated their XG. Let's just put it that way. They took their chances. They really did. They were they were they were on top form, um, unfortunately, and and sometimes that happens, you know. And if 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 that R- Rafinha chance, for example, if he puts that away and it's half an hour earlier, it, mm. it's suddenly psychologically a very very different game. So I I think it was very small margins and just switching off at the at the wrong times. And you can blame it on whatever. Um, but they are the margins in the Premier League. And if you make those mistakes in the Championship, you're probably not going to get punished as heavily as that. Mm, exactly, yeah. Um, so before the game, uh, there was a lot of hooligan activity. Um, to me, I don't think, it, as long as nobody gets seriously hurt and you know property isn't damaged and um, civilians aren't caught up in it, I don't really care about that. Um, is that wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's the agenda, isn't it? I think that a lot of people who saw it on social media, oh, it's typical Leeds fans, but let's not forget Man United fans were involved in this as well. I think I might be wrong, but I think it was a certain generation of fans that probably not experienced a Man United game away in the league. So they were probably more up for it than they would be usually because they're not used to that sort of environment. And unfortunately, you're going to get this because fans, I know it sounds awful, but fans have been locked up locked up for the last 17 months, not, yeah. want, not being able to give their emotion out to how they feel about their club and about the re- rivalry. And I, it's not an excuse, but it's sometimes you're going to get it, aren't you? Mm. Um, I've got a comment here. Um beyond the 90 this is neil uh if you uh if you're ever interested in leicester he has a a youtube channel on leicester probably not but there you go uh dam adonis leeds got you depressed in your wife beater can i see a stellar in the back i hope you guys get top eight thanks neil um it's so hot here uh in vienna it's it's the 35, I think, where we are. It's wow. it's just very, very hot. I'm sorry I had to crack open the wife beater. Alan Road is <laughs> going to be a cauldron on Saturday, says Dylan. Uh, we will either batter Everton or get battered due to the crowd, hopefully a positive. Um, and West Ham are 3-2 up against Newcastle after 63 minutes. And story with a, a latest scoreline. I think well, the, the elephant in the room, though, we need to uh, talk about the champ, about right. Sancho and Rashford. <laughs> and it's been totally taken out of all sorts of contexts. It's absolutely ridiculous, the whole thing. I mean, I said last night, there's some battles that you need to fight about against racism, but this isn't it. This is not it one bit. It's absolutely 
embarrassing that even MPs have got onto the bandwagon saying this isn't right. It's an innocent banter chant about those players missing a penalty. What about Beckham in 98 when, when he got sent off? What about Southgate, Stuart Pearce missing those penalties? If there was social media around then, there would have still been people doing chants then as well. It's absolutely ridiculous. And again, it's it's taking away the real issue in society about racism. Hmm. And also it's it's also backing up those people's opinions about Black Lives Matter and taking the knee as well because of situations like this. It's absolutely ridiculous. If every chant is banter, I mean, if every banter chant is racism, then we've got a big problem. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. clearly, it's clearly just from people who, who don't know football. They're not football fans. They've probably not been to a football game. Um, and they're trying to, especially the comment from the politician, um, they're just trying to kind of ride this the tidal wave of, of popular uh, popularity. Um, yeah, spot on, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and it's a shame that. because that that person is representing Labour, which is probably the only, you know, opposition to the Tories. And as far as I can tell, there needs to be some kind of change. And if it's people like that, then we've got a big problem because comments like that make that kind of person unelectable, uh, mm. in my opinion, because this, it's just so out of touch. Hmm. with with the common people like yeah it's just absolutely ridiculous if Leeds had played Arsenal at home and Saka had come on Saka would get a round of applause hmm. by the whole of Ellen Road I can tell you that for a fact you know <laughs> but if Saka played for Man United he wouldn't <laughs> no exactly exactly <laughs> I mean, obviously, there was the other other bits as well about the Munich chant, which was awful from the Leeds fans. It was because of that fan um, waving the Turkish flag. Two wrongs don't make a right, but I still do not understand people's mentality to to make Leeds fans bite by waving the Turkish flag. It's absolutely disgusting. I just do not understand people's thought mentality thinking, yeah, that would be a good laugh to do that. When people's dad's sons, grandsons have died because of what happened all those years ago and people are still using that to this day to make fans, Leeds fans bite. And I think that there's this element of, of, of a preparation mm. that's the... the the key problem there. Um, I can not condone a, you know, singing about the the Munich, um, the 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 air disaster or whatever. I cannot condone that. <laughs> um, but that's me, sober, on my own in my home, <laughs> on a podcast. Um, you know, it, I saw some of the pictures from traveling Leeds fans on the train, and. They've scattered tables with empty bottles. I mean, a lot of them were drunk. And when you're drunk, you know, that's that whole mob mentality. You know, maybe somebody starts the chant and everybody's drunk and it and it gets going. Okay. But it's still not right. 
but somebody's gone to a shop, probably Serber, at some point mm. in the previous week and bought a Turkish flag, ordered it on Amazon, waited for it to, to get delivered, you know, never rethought it, the the plan, the whole time, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I do I do see a problem with that, a big problem. I, I, for me as well, it's, yes, we need to tackle racism, racism in the terraces, but something like that you need to tackle as well because that's that's inciting violence as well in the terraces as well. So that needs to be called out as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Is that just about it then? Have we finished with this <laughs> match review? Um, there's going to be better results, isn't there? Um, of course, we don't want to... We don't want to lose like that anywhere to anyone, but especially not to them lot in that place. Um, but if we want to uh, pat the bus, we need a different manager, mm. in my opinion. And, you know, I I don't want that. I want Bielsa. And, it, and if that means taking the rough with the smooth, then that's fine. And, and I just wanted to say one more thing. A lot of accusations were flying around at Leeds fans. Um, and after that defeat, um, they they stood there, they, 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 they represented Leeds, I thought, quite well, uh, one chant aside, um, uh, about, about the, 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 the air disaster. Um, and and they, they clapped the lads after the final whistle um, and 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 I just think they made us proud, you know. And five one up, and you still don't sing. Um, I, I think that 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 is proper fans. That's that's proper f- football fans. None of this half and half scarf plastic. That was um, awful. That was shit just, that was going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, they that made us awful. proud. They <laughs> made us proud. Okay, we'll see you on Wednesday. Thanks very much for for joining us again. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, last few comments, uh, Willie. Never underestimate a politician trying to gain attention. Quite, uh, Dylan. With the Munich chant, double standards in it. If they don't want us to sing about that, don't pull out Turkish flags. And um, the same goes for Leeds. If we don't want Turkey flags, don't sing about Munich. Um, spot on there, Dylan and Willie. Thanks for the show, man. It will be another exciting season. Right. Have a have a lovely week, Barnes. Um, Thank you. That was enjoy good. The, Enjoyed that. Enjoy the weather. Yep. You too, my friend. And I'll see everybody else on Wednesday. And see you on Wednesday if you're there too. See you later. Remember, people, ups and downs, ups and downs. Ups and downs. Leech, 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 leech. <laughs>